You are listening to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss our RC adventures. Welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss the ups and downs of the new RC Flyer. Join your hosts, Michael and Jay, as they take flight at the park. Now on with the show. Hey everybody, welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast. I'm Michael from Arizona. With me always is my good friend, Jay from the hills of Texas. <laughs> and AK Mike in Texas. Oh, uh, well, sorry about uh, that, folks. We, uh, we were having a big discussion and... Yeah, Jay hit the button and uh, the thing started before we were quite ready. But uh, anyway, uh, we'd like to welcome you to this uh, week's podcast. And uh, I guess uh, we got some good news. Jay, you actually got to go fly this week. Yeah, uh, actually had a great time this weekend. Um, got with my good buddy Jim and uh, the stars had finally aligned. Uh, both him and I have been busy and just missing each other. And, and finally we, we got together and we got to go out and, and do a little flying. So it was a lot of fun. That's awesome. Yeah, and, so uh, we got and for those of you that for those of you that don't know, Jim uh, Jim has given us information before that's we've talked about him in the past podcasts. But I've actually flown with him, and uh, you know, great stick. He's got some really cool looking airplanes, and uh, we love it when he comes out and, and is able to fly. And when I'm visiting down there uh, in Austin, I always love it when we get out there. And he's got quite the setup and a little easy up, and he brings donuts and <laughs> he kind of treats us right. So we oh, appreciate yeah. him. Most definitely. Most mm. definitely. Are you listening, so, Doug Leroy? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah. But, uh, no, this week we got out, and uh, like I said, we, we haven't been flying together since, I, I want to say it was before, it must have been about like January or December of this year, I think was the last time we actually I think it was together. before you you came to the Electric Festival. Yes, it was definitely before okay. that. Wait, that so so I, I just happened since. to have a statistic about the wind in Texas. Yeah. This year, uh, May is the busy has been the windiest month for Texas since '86 or something really? like that. Yep. Wow. Like, well, I know I had ab- to call ab- above 15 miles an hour or something like that. I, I had remember. to call on my parents because they had like the wind got so big that it uh, tornadoes formed and went through just north of where they were. I was afraid their new oh, house no got lifted off the thing, but. He said, no, it passed off, uh, you know, way north of us. I was like, okay. So the wind has been strong. And I know that uh, I was down in Austin just recently uh, just for work, and uh, there was a couple of times where I had to uh, literally go as far south as San Antonio to get into Austin. So Really? Wow. Uh, yeah, that it made for quite a show. Uh, all my folks on board were uh, looking out the window going, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and we we touched down in Austin, and we were on the ground for literally, literally five minutes, and they closed the airport because the weather. Wow! Yeah, the weather. Was that just, wow! Oh, it was awful. So. so, what do they do with the airplanes? They turn it into the wind, and then just say, you know, good luck. Well, the airplanes are pretty heavy. I mean, if they needed to do it, they'll pull it off the gate and turn it into the wind. But yeah, if you're being facetious, I appreciate it. Other, other, I but am. I have had that in my career. I've had an airplane that did not get put into the wind and as a result it sat on its tail oh was, oh wow so i was just like i was just like making a joke about pointing into no. the wind so you're mm-hmm. that, that's what they really do oh wow yeah well i, I mean I guess you know if the wind is makes it, sense you know they got to put it out there normally they're heavy enough they're not going to get moved around but sure um the wind would have to get up to over 130 miles per hour 130 140 miles per hour for the airplane to actually start doing something 
in yeah. this particular case, they uh, they said that the uh, winds were up into the 140s. Wow. And it was between two hangers, and so it created a, a Venturi effect, and so it actually got it e- up even higher, and it kind of focused all that right on the airplane. And right, the airplane right. literally just lifted the nose off the ground and then t- turned 90 degrees to the wind. The wind moved it. Wow. So they called us up, and they're like, hey, Captain, your airplane's you know sitting on its tail. And it, I'm like, yeah, it's yeah, broken. yeah. there. <laughs> I told him, I was like, yeah, that's good. Because it usually has a tail stand sometimes, you know, to keep the weight back if it's long enough. And uh, sure enough, we went out there and the nose was way in the air. We had to get a cherry picker to actually get up in the cockpit and transfer fuel to the front of the airplane because we had so they could make it tanks. So you could tip it over? Yeah, it actually came down real slow. It was kind of uh, neat, but, uh, yeah, it was kind of interesting. Huh. It was a fun time. It didn't hurt the plane? Mm, I can't say that. It did hurt okay. the airplane, but uh, okay. Flew to, yeah, flew well, it didn't, it didn't get that. out of there unscathed. <laughs> but I said, Psh, "I'll fly it anyway. It's fine." <laughs> no, I never it's said fine. that. Uh, unfortunately, just real quick, it's kind of off topic. But they have a what they call a K loader, which is how they load all the you know stuff, and and it was sitting uh, in front of the wing, and when the wind pitched it around, it turned the wing actually hit the K loader, and the K loader is a big piece of equipment and it's not moving anywhere because it's real heavy and it's for you know moving thousands of pounds of you know freight up and down and uh so anyway it took out the leading edge there was a hole big enough that we could stick our oh, arm no. in there and so we wound up having to spend it was over the holidays and we wound up having to spend christmas oh, no. there so my christmas party christmas. that my wife had planned it didn't get canceled so everybody showed up and i was supposed to be the host and i was in a whole different country <laughs> and she had to hold, she had to hold it for herself so yeah, it's been twenty something years, and she still doesn't let me forget that. So, yeah, because you had everything to do with that. Yeah, <laughs> you, you had everything to do with that. Well, she tried. Well, to get so I'm. I, I assume you know if this is wind that affects airplanes. So, Jay, did any wind affect your guys' airplanes? Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, our little field <laughs> they don't um, weigh as much. <laughs> oh, as mine, so, we... <laughs> so, was there a plane pointed up in the air? I mean, no, uh, we, just, we just... no planes pointed up in the air, but uh, it our. Um, our flag was flipping back and forth like somebody was flipping a coin. It you take oh, off yeah. one direction, and by the time you got the, heading towards the downwind, now all of a sudden you're going, oh wait a minute, the, it's totally switched direction. We got to turn around, turn the plane around, go back the other direction where I took off. This is that whole story about barefoot flying upwind both directions kind of story. <laughs> yeah, it. right. That's exactly yeah, his what it uh, his windsock looked like a, a fan was going around. <laughs> yeah, it was just like whipping it. <laughs> it looked like somebody had a motor on it. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, that's pretty much what it was I like. I was a kid. I flew into the wind both ways. <laughs> both that's ways. It. That's right. Both ways. Up, it was upwind. But, both uh, but um, unfortunately, uh, Jim had actually brought out the plane that we were talking about an episode or two ago, just talking about uh, motors uh, for, you know, oh, the rascal. motors for. for yeah. Oh, so he had his the one we put the there. electric motor in. Yeah. yeah, yeah so rascal. he had, he brought that plane out uh, to fly that day. Um, and so we were going to maiden it with the, this new electric setup. Um, well, before that, you know, we flew a little bit, uh, we started off, usually we start off flying like the Zaggy or the Tough Wing or something just to get our fingers, you know, uh, warmed up. And then we swapped to some other planes before getting to the real nice ones. Right. So, um, unfortunately by the time we kind of went through all the other planes, uh, unfortunately, um, Jim had a small mishap with the, uh, uh, with his with his wing, um, you know, by the time he got that, got it back, you know, so that was one that needed some repairs. And then, um, 
you know, I flew, I flew my tough wing, didn't have too many, too much of a problem flying it. Um, and mm-hmm. then, uh, I think what was the next one that he had? He has, uh, another cub, I, the Kingfisher from Hobby King. That one flew, that one flew. Okay. We were able to do, do all right with that, but he was, he was starting to have some problems, you know, kind of bouncing it down the, down the field a little bit. And, uh, and I did too, a little bit, nothing really major with that. It was just that the flaps on that one, we, we haven't figured that one out, just the settings for the flaps. So if you put the flaps in just a little bit too much, they, you know, <laughs> they're a little bit uh, too effective. So, you know, uh, it could be a bad thing. So I was like, yeah, don't put the flaps on until we can kind of get that sorted out on the day. Wait, that's, they're uh, too effective. How, I thought you wanted the flaps to be more effective. Um, not where they it totally stops. Does it pitch the, the nose up and just kind of stall it out? Well, or? either either it was doing things like pitching, pitching the nose up just when you're in level flight and the nose would just pitch uh-huh. up. You know that was that was kind of bad. Or um, it was uh, pitching the nose way down. The plane would slow way down, and uh, you know it would kind of yeah. stop the plane as you were making a turn, and that was always bad because then you start stalling oh, right. and doing bad things. Right. So. So uh, I was like, okay, we'll we'll work with that, we'll, you know, later when it's you know kind of calm and we don't, we can take it up high and see what it's doing. So um, anyway, as we kind of worked through that plane, what else he had? Uh, he had that plane. Oh, and then he had his little uh, Panther, uh, the little jet one. Oh and, yeah. Uh, uh, that one normally does okay, but um, since it was blustery like it was out there, that that little jet does not like being blown. It it gets blown around quite a bit. It's too light. Yeah, it's a little too light. And the second thing was, you know, I, when I flew it the first time, you know, I flew it and I'm like flying. I'm like, man, this plane is really sensitive. What is up with this plane? I didn't realize that, you know, it has a gyro in it. Well, you know, we we, we had the gyro so it was perfectly set and everything, but, you know, I totally forgot to turn it around, turn it on. So that's why I was a little pitchy and a little little crazy. And so uh, I landed the plane and... Uh, you know, we checked it all out, and then I go, oh, that's right. What button does the gyro again? Jim's like, oh, I think it's that one over there. Click, click, click. Oh, oh, okay, there it goes. <laughs> Flew it again. Then it was flying. When the green light flying. turns on, it's on. <laughs> yeah, something like that. So uh, so we flew that, pl- that plane around, um, but once again, it was getting it was getting blown around quite a bit, and uh, unfortunately, uh, we kind of we kind of cartwheeled that plane, kind of broke the nose off. So it wasn't too terrible of a, of a break, but... Um, mm-hmm. You know, it was definitely one that's going to be repairable. But, you know, it's just kind of sad because now we're, he brought out four planes and we're already down, you know, two. So, uh, so then we got, so then we got to the rascal. It kind of calmed down for a bit and we, we, we got the rascal up. And, um, as for, you know, the whole calculations of, you know, figuring out the power weight ratio, we definitely nailed it. I mean, Jim got it right. So the plane seemed to fly, you know, for the weight and balance of, uh, for the, batteries that he wanted to fly with it as well mm. as um you know the size of the propeller the plane had plenty of power in fact you know i was able to fly it around in half power the whole time but it was having a problem the plane was definitely having a problem and uh it seemed like the um the uh not pitch um the angle uh off the motor the not dihedral uh what's the you know, when you're trying to figure out you, you, for your motor, it has to, you have to put, have a little left in it. Yeah, and, you have to have uh, a little right little down. in there. Yeah. yeah right, so right, that right. seemed to be off because the plane would climb anything above half throttle, the plane would climb mm-hmm. horribly. Or if you went full power, it just, you know, it just wanted to jump off the ground and everything. 
So, um, so I was like, yeah, Jim, something's up. You know, I, I, I trimmed it down as much as I, I didn't go enough to like, you know, make it fly level at full power because once you changed, you know, it was, it would be equally bad. The minute you cut it back to half throttle, you know, it, it just wanted the nose over then, right? It wouldn't fly level. So I kind of mm. trimmed it for flying half, half throttle, you know, with enough down in it. And then I was, I just told him to be really careful that, you know, if he had to use full throttle, just to kind of bump it in there and then not use it, you know, just fly the plane at half throttle. So, uh, pretty much we flew, he, we flew that around, but the, like I said, the wind was flip flopping and, and, um, I, Jim was having a hard time lining the, the plane up with the runway. And so as I was trying to talk him through it and, and we're talking to discussing it, you know, I just started looking at his hands and I noticed that Jim has, um, the habit with his left hand that he, I noticed that, you know, he wasn't working his rudder at all, you know, at, you know, very little, if at all. And I was like, Hey Jim, you need to put a little bit more rudder when you come in, you know, to line the runway up, just, you know, once you kind of get it lined up, you know, left or right type of thing, then you can just use the, the rudder to kind of get you right in the center. And, you know, he, he was just doing the aileron thing and it was just jerking him all over the place and he just couldn't line up with the wind blowing him. And, you know, unfortunately, uh, he, he kind of, you know, the last flight, he kind of brought that one in and, uh, kind of, kind of hit rather hard. Um, and unfortunately he broke off his, um, the firewall, but he, he didn't, he didn't, um, he had used basically what had happened. He had used the, um, like I said, remember he converted this from a, a regular, uh, nitro engine, uh, motor right. and he used the same, um, motor mount that that you normally have right so he oh. had that the, that black glass filled motor mount right. that was on there and then he drilled some holes into that into it and then with the um the aluminum x mount and uh and some plywood he made he fashioned another firewall that would attach right to the end of the uh that you know um of the uh standoff want, for that standoff that he had for the uh, regular nitro motor and that would give him that, you know, that little bit of left or, or right um, thrust alignment, you know, it was already built into that thing. So, you know, that put it in, but it doesn't do your up and down, right? So basically his up and down, you know, he had it up a little bit too much. And that's why it was mm-hmm. constantly wanting to climb. Um, so anyway, uh, like I said, it, it, was, it, was a, it was a break to the plane, but it's, it, for him, it's going to be an easy fix. So... Um, I'm, I'm going to send him some uh, motor mounts or look to see what I have. If I have some extra motor mounts, you know, that he can just put in there and adjust and get to the right, you know, the right length and everything. But, uh, yeah, other than that, the plane, the plane was, like I said, for the, for the weight ratio of the plane, it worked really well. Um, but like I said, uh, he definitely was having a little bit of trouble with, with doing his, um, using his, using his rudder. So I talked to him and I said, well, how about for some homework? You know, you go home, you crank up the winds on your real flight flight simulator, and then you just fly the whole, all your planes or, or a similar plane, find a similar size plane and just fly it with the rudder only. Don't, don't even use the ailerons, just fly it with the rudder only and see how you do. So, and then I kind of thought about it and was like, well, that, you know, that wasn't exactly the right thing to say, you know? Because I was like, well, you know, because really, if you practice doing coordinated turns. Well, okay, so I understand understand what he's talking about when it comes to, uh, you know, 
trying to get Jim to fly with the rudder. And, and in Jim's defense, I know that the the little um, the little uh, what were we talking the jet right? The jet doesn't have a rudder, yeah. and the neither Panther. does the Zaggy. Yeah. So so in his defense, if he's flying those two. The uh, the two airplanes that don't have the rudder, and then he jumps on one that does have the rudder, you know, getting your head back or wrapped around where that's, you know, what the way it should work. Um, but I, I also know of several people that will do that. They'll they'll add throttle and then they'll remove their thumb off of the you know off the rudder to try and get sure. it to, you know, just well, use it. Well, I mean, but, when I first started learning rudder, I think I didn't start learning to use rudder until I flew three D planes. Right. And uh, to try to do flat turns and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so, like, most of my planes were rudder elevator planes, but I put them on the ailerons mm-hmm. uh, because that's what they taught us to do to, in order to learn how to fly a, a plane because it's going to end up being a lot like the ailerons in terms of how it flies uh, without right. the rudder. Right. And, and that proves to be reasonably true. But, you know, coming in a crosswind or any kind of wind that isn't straight down the runway – you have to come in at an angle if you're not going to, or you have to tilt the wing ailerons a little bit before you touch ground so yeah. that you can be in the middle of the runway. And that's just a lousy way to fly the plane in the end. Uh, but, but I, I thought that way for a long time. Don't understand it. I, I think it's right, not, but you know, I, I think if you understood how, how the actual aerodynamics work in a crosswind, it would probably make a lot more sense. But most RC guys aren't pilot, you know, if they're not a pilot already, for me, it's very uh, uh, easy because it's a natural reaction for me in a crosswind to come in. You put the upwind ailer, upwind wing into the wind, so you lower that wing to keep the airplane from blowing, you know, over to the well, outside to right, runway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you use the rudder to straighten the nose out. So you should have a low wing into the wind and the, the nose going right down the runway. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so. For me, it's a you know after doing it for thirty plus years, it's just a natural reaction, right? You know, when that happens, well, and I think to me too, the other thing was I learned how to crab in as you're coming mm-hmm. down the runway. Mm-hmm. You got to crab in, and then you got to straighten out mm-hmm. so that you can land. You know, you're not gonna hit the wheel and cartwheel because you because right. you came in crabbed, right? right? But again, I don't think I started really learning the rudder or wanted to even learn. Jay would kept telling me. Use your rudder. I'm like, yeah, whatever. And, uh, I, I kind of blow them off until until I started flying 3D planes where you can't really fly that with just ailerons. It doesn't turn. Right, right. Yeah, without the rudder. Uh, or, or it can, but it just, it's just a well, it's really crappy performer. Well. Yeah, it's really crappy yeah. performer. It, it's all yank and bank, and then that doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, that's no fun to fly that way either, from my view, uh, right. unless you're, you know, avoiding paintballs or something. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so, so once I learned how to do that, uh, using the rudder on the 3D plane, then using rudder is a natural event, right? Uh, right. And, and it does and it makes it does make easy flyer e- flying easier. I think on the uh, fun jet, didn't we put in some mix for that rudder aileron uh, coordination or something? If I remember right. Uh, did part the fun of that. jet even have a rudder? I didn't think the fun jet uh, had a rudder. Yeah, I think it did. No, because the motor was in the back. The fun jet? Yeah. No, um, maybe did, I'm did not. Have a, fun racer. Have fun racer is in the front. Fun oh, racer, yeah. not fun oh, jet. Sorry, fun fun racer. racer. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I apologize. <laughs> sorry. I apologize. Got to clear that up. Yeah, no, the that's fun right. Fun racer that's had right. the rudder, yes. Yeah, yeah. We did, yes, yes, we did put a little bit of um, 
Um, just just enough to so that when you're turning, it's not going to do too mm -hmm. many crazy things. But you mm -hmm. still need the rudder on occasion to do to make a sharper turn or to do other things. And, and again, pointing down the runway. Of course, that didn't have wheels, so you right. know, any way you landed, it was a good landing, right? As far as I'm concerned. Well, I think Jay, and correct me if I'm wrong. You were uh, he had called me on the way home from the field and was discussing with me, um, you know, how, because he he felt bad that he. He, he didn't explain this uh, as well as he could have. And so he called me. He's like, how should I have explained how to use this rudder or what should I have done differently? And and um, I told him, I was like, oh, that's a good topic, you know, that we can talk about. And I, I can think about it over the t over time, you know, from when he called me to till now. And, uh, you know, try to come up with a solution on how to help Jim or help others who uh, have a hard time, you know, flying a crosswind landing. And. And we have them at our field as well. I've seen it. Guys will land across the runway. You know, they'll come, like, right towards you so they don't have to land downwind. And, of course, the bigger airplane, faster the airplane, you know, if you're flying a turbine, you can't really do it across <laughs> the runway. You have to, you know, you have to go down the runway like you're supposed to. So so a couple of different things. Um, I'm going to go back to what Jay said originally about the flaps. And uh, I think a lot of times we rely really heavily on flaps to get ourselves slowed down. And uh, and land because in a no wind situation you can come in really fast. The flaps do help you slow down, get a little bit slower, and it helps you in a, in a landing configuration. Uh, I will tell you in large transport category airplanes, if it is very gusty and windy out there, we reduce the flap setting. We don't land with full flaps. So in the RC world, I suggest you do the same thing, right? So uh, when, in the turbine world, when we come in and it's really gusty. Full flaps act as parachutes underneath there. It'll move your airplane around quite a bit. But if you get them out and you, you go to maybe a half flap setting, then you can keep your speed up, and that speed gives your rudder more authority. And it, it lowers the nose just, you know, it, it kind of keeps that nose up. And so you're able to penetrate the wind a little bit. You don't have to have near as much throttle because if you have a really, really heavy headwind, uh, or even a crosswind, you need to keep the throttle in so that your 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 ground speed or your speed across the you know the threshold of the runway is going to be the same. Because if you pull the power to idle, the airplane is going to slow down on its trajectory across the ground, and it's just going to start sinking. And if you're not inches above the ground, it's going to have catastrophic effects because you're not going to be able to to save it when it gets too slow. So reduce the the flaps in a really gusty or or a changing wind condition like what you were talking about jay or no flaps you can do a no flap landing yeah. in an rc yeah. airplane it's no big deal you're going to come in a little bit quicker a little bit more throttle control uh you don't want to jam the throttle but you want to set it you know maybe a maybe a quarter or a little an eighth of a throttle just to see if it's coming into the wind you want to keep that all the way till you're just above the ground and then reduce it and not just chop it but reduce it slowly so that the wheels touch down and you know some a lot of guys, even in the big airplanes, you know, some of the best landings you'll ever make is with a really, really big gusty crosswind because, A, you're having to work for it, uh, but, but two, you've got a wind that, that will keep you, you know, floating the way you should be if you have the power in there, and it'll just allow you to come down and touch really super soft. Uh, no wind landings are a little more difficult because you're, you know, you're moving forward at a, at a much faster clip. So you have a tendency to bounce a little bit more. Uh, secondly, I was thinking about what Jay said about, uh, you know, how he explained it. And I think if I had, uh, if I had a student 
that was looking at uh, learning crosswinds, rather than just have him go up and just fly with the rudder, uh, you know, that gets him used to using the rudder, but it doesn't really, it, it gets him used to turning with the rudder. So I think that it, it will help you, you know, okay, well, my thumb over here, I understand that it turns, but I don't think it'll help as much with the crosswinds. And so what I would suggest or what I would do, and if Jim's listening, he can try this on his, um, you know, uh, simulator and then he can, you know, kind of shoot us a, a note and let us know how it goes. But I would actually uh, take off and fly a pattern, a box pattern. And then as Mike was talking about, crab into the wind as you're coming down to the runway. Then don't land. Keep the airplane uh, just a little, you know, probably 10 feet, 20 feet in the air, enough to where if something happened, you could recover and get out of there. But now, uh, because you have maybe half flaps and you've got enough power to keep yourself going, then you're crabbing. What I would do is lower the wing and straighten the, the airplane out. And then I would hold those controls all the way down the runway. Then when I got to the end of the runway, the other end of the runway, the takeoff, you know, departure end of the runway, I would let it, you know, add throttle and then go around and let it crab back into the wind. So what you're doing is you're training yourself to maintain uh, a stick input for the entire length of the runway and then get out of it. And then, and then if you did that, you know, every single time coming around, it becomes this natural reaction when you come down and you see your, your airplane is crabbing and you push the rudder to move the nose to where it's facing right down the runway, then the airplane's going to start moving away from you and you're going to have to dip the wing to get it to come back to you. So in my eyes, from an instructor standpoint, I think, you know, both in the real airplane and RC world, that that's a better way, you know, to kind of get used to traveling down the runway. And then once you kind of get used to that, then come around and, you know, see how, how much, you know, how low you can go. I just come around lower every time. And then eventually you're just going to touch down. And, uh, and then obviously when you touch down, you can't just release the sticks. <laughs> A lot of people do that and the airplane just skids off the side of the runway. So you have to kind of keep the, uh, the, the rudder or steering. And then, you know, you need to keep that aileron into the wind or the wind or the wing will lift up right. if the wind's gusty enough, if that makes sense. Hey, so another quick question. Um, so one of the things that uh, something that Jim did mention to me, he said that the one of the problems that he sometimes have has with the simulator is, is that, you know, that th that his uh, plane or objects in the sim tend to get really small on him, you know, and and he's like, yeah, so he kind of loses mm -hmm. it, you know, depending on what screen he's using at home, whether it's the TV or his computer screen or whatever. So I was wondering, sure. maybe instead of like. Be, you know, doing the uh, view where you're standing outside the plane, actually, you know, like watching your RC model, doing the inside the plane uh, view, would would that be? You don't think that? I would don't help? think that would help. No, I don't think that would yeah, help. Yeah, I, I, I agree. You with need Mike. the practice of your eye, <clears throat> of your eye, <clears throat> and the fact that it's getting far away probably means that he's pro not. Well, one, you can change that so that you uh, are always in, like some distance away from the plane. Mm -hmm. There, there, there's a feature that allows that. And mm -hmm. instead of just, I found because the screens are so small, you can't really stand at the box and fly like that because the screen's too small. If you have a big 75 inch screen, then you could probably do that, and that would probably work. But uh, the distance from a plane thing is the, is in my opinion, oh, okay. the right I, I way to do that. that. Okay, there's, so yeah, and there's, and there's a setting. Yeah, and, and the other thing too is, 
if if you're getting away from yourself on a smaller screen, you're going too fast. Find yeah. a, find a slower airplane. Yeah. And uh, you know, if you're or a bigger airplane. Because a bigger airplane is going to appear right. closer to you, right? And I know I, I have real flight, and I know on real flight I have 50%. I have a couple of airplanes that are at 50%. Those airplanes are huge. And, you know, they're they're probably full-on aerobatic and edge, and I think I have a Yak that's 55, and I think I have a couple of turbines that are 50. Uh, but those airplanes, you know, if you could find one, fly it closer, Right. You want to slow it down. And then when you take off, you're just going to make an immediate turn and immediate turn. So you're going to try and keep it at the edge of the runway. If you're letting the airplane go way out in the screen, you're flying way too far. Bring it all back and try to stay at the edge of the runway. Because if you're if you're at the edge of the runway, you're close enough to see the, the, the airplane, regardless of how, what size it is. But I understand what he's talking about because I had the same problem when I started flying them, right? I mean, I'm I'm on a small screen, you know, computer screen. I have a bigger screen now, but but when I first started, and I'm on this little bitty, you know, and that thing would get out there, and I'd be like, I don't know, and then it'd go crash, and I go, okay, well, I just have to hit the button and start over. But if you do it on the simulator, you're going to do it in real life. You're going to let that thing get out there, and you just have to continue to turn it back towards you. Uh, you know, bring it in. Next time, don't let it go crosswind so far. You know, as soon as you turn crosswind, and remember, if it's a crosswind, that wind's blowing you out there. So you're going to have to crab towards yourself anyway to get it to fly a straight line. So it may look kind of weird when you turn your when you turn the airplane on a on a straight line downwind, like if you were looking at a ruler, that that ruler's going to have to tilt towards you in order to make a straight line across the ground. That's what a crab does. A crab allows you to go into the wind, but if you looked at the ground track, it's a straight line. So. Yep. I think one of the, and I only have a minute or so left, but uh, one of the things for me was a challenge is the idea of not putting more throttle when I'm using the rudder. So again, mm. for me, the best place for me to have learned rudder was from the 3D airplanes because I'm actually trying to keep the nose up and flying it level and so you got to use rudder to kind of keep it in place so it doesn't jack itself around and then use ailerons to make it rotate and so for me that's where i got the best understanding because if you start playing with the throttle and you've got the nose up it's going to come down so you really have to get a good feel for where you are with the throttle as well as the you know right uh, rudder so Well, I'll tell you what, uh, let's take a quick break, and we will uh, continue this discussion um, in our next episode. Uh, That way you can kind of continue uh, with us. If you have a suggestion, please email us at uh, parkfirepodcast at gmail.com or jump on our Facebook uh, listeners group and and post something there and let us know what you think. But uh, for now, I'm Michael from Arizona. I'm Jay from the hills of Texas. And I'm A.K. Mike in Texas. And we'll see you in two weeks. Let's fly. You have been listening to the Park Flyer Podcast. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to your next visit. Please give our show a star rating and review, and feel free to email us your questions, topics, or suggestions to parkflyerpodcast at gmail.com.